This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Well, today is part two of our Best Picture Nomination Breakdown episodes. Last week, we covered four movies, Joker, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, and Little Women, and we went over all the nominations that they had and their odds of winning them. This week, we are going to do part two of this series and go over the final five nominees for Best Picture and what the odds of they have of winning. Today, we're going to talk about 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, and Ford vs. Ferrari. Just like last week, I've sort of broken it all down into four different categories. You have your contenders, so what is either likely going to win or really strong contention to win an award. And then there's Dark Horse, where they're not the real front runners, but if things go right for them, you could see them possibly winning the award. Then there are the long shots, which... It will take a lot of maneuvering in a film to drastically overperform to win that certain category. And then lastly, just happy to be there. They really don't stand a chance to win that category. And it just looks nice to slap on the Blu-ray cover that this movie was nominated for X amount of awards. And it looks good on the person's resume for the future. So, without further ado, we're going to start off with 1917. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. This is the latest movie from Sam Mendes, and it came out much later than most of the other Oscar contenders, so it wasn't really seeming to be in the race from the get-go. It was always kind of talked about of, yeah, it's probably going to be in the mix for Best Picture, but we don't really know. And then it came out just around Christmas time, I believe, or beginning of January, and it just exploded. It started winning a ton of awards. Suddenly, it was on the best of list of a whole bunch of people. And sure enough, it came out with 10 nominations, and they include Best Picture, Best Director for Sam Mendes, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Score, Best Production Design, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects. So we're going to start off with Best Picture. Like I said, this movie came out like gangbusters and rocketed to the top of the charts. As far as I can tell right now, it is a legitimate frontrunner to win Best Picture, along with two others, but I really think this is a bit of a two-horse race, and I'm going to uh, avoid saying what the other one is until I get to it. But there is, if you were to put money down on it, I would be pretty confident with 1917 being one of the most likely to win Best Picture. Up next is Sam Mendes. Now, in the past, I have often advocated and been very happy when Best Picture and Best Director go to different people. And I could see this being the sort of situation where uh, 1917 wins one or the other. And the other movie that I think is in its biggest competition is probably going to be the vice versa of this. Sam Mendes did a terrific job. He actually has won Best Director once before, way back for his first movie, American Beauty, and it wouldn't surprise me if he wins again here. 
That said, he's got some stiff competition, but he really is one of the main contenders for this, and I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up winning it, because I feel like 1917 is probably the most technically advanced film of the group and really showcases the director's vision the best, which is something I advocate for in the best pick best director winner so it wouldn't shock me if sam mendez wins best director and maybe they lose best picture but it can go either way or they can even sweep both of them the next category is best original screenplay this is one that frankly quite surprises me that they even got a nomination because there really isn't much of a script the movie is basically starts off with a scene where these two young soldiers have to deliver a message way across the battlefield to another part of where they're fighting. And it's just sort of little vignettes of them not talking very much, experiencing danger, action, things like that, interspersed with some short scenes here and there. You've got some uh, some small but very memorable performances from from other large actors, um, starting with Colin Firth and then Jeremy Strong, and then lastly, uh, sorry, Mark Strong, not Jeremy Strong. I always confuse the two brothers. And then lastly, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, and there's a few other people, but really it basically comes down to three key scenes of dialogue in the entire film. And that surprises me that they got a Best Screenplay nomination. So I would consider this as a just happy to be there. They don't really stand any chance to win this. It does show, though, that 1917 has very broad support across the entire Academy, because as I talked about in the last episode, each nomination other than Best Picture, comes from the specific guilds. So Sam Mendes got nominated by the director's branch. The screenplay got nominated by the other writers, the cinematography by the cinematographers, and so on and so forth. One thing that 1917 has going against it is it has no acting nominations, but that isn't the end of the world. It also doesn't have best editing, which frankly is a bit of a disgrace in, in my eyes. This film is shot to look like it is one continuous take, but it is not, which means that the editing is so key to this that it flows properly, that they're able to showcase that it's basically less than 24 hours of an entire day. And it's so seamless. Like, you notice that it's one continuous shot, and, like, you could tell where the edits probably happen because every once in a while the camera will disappear behind a tree or a rock or something like that, and the scene would just keep going on. And that's clearly where the edits are taking place. But the fact that they were able to show that this movie was so seamless like that, it should have got to an editing nomination in my books. It, it sort of goes back to Birdman, where they did not get an editing nomination, but still ended up winning Best Picture. Best Editing is usually a key category to show that uh, it's a real contender. I don't know why, but that has been the case for a very long time. The next category is Best Cinematography. Halfway through this movie, there is a, there's a scene. I don't want to give too much away, but there is a building on fire, and it's night, and all you see is the reflection of the flames on everything else. And you see it on one of the characters' faces. His, you know, he's all in shadows except for his face is all red from the reflection of the fire. And I'm looking at him going, wow, this reminds me a lot of Skyfall. There's a scene in that where a uh, house is on fire, 
And I've always been a huge fan of Roger Deakins, and he did such a great job with that. And I was banging the drum for the longest time that Roger Deakins needs to win an Oscar because he'd been nominated so many times and shot some of the best movies ever. And he finally did win for Blade Runner 2049. But I'm watching this scene. I'm like, wow, this is really Roger Deakins-esque. I wonder if they got inspired by Skyfall or something. And then sure enough, at the end credits, who shot it but Roger Deakins? He once again has outdone himself. The fact that I was just talking about with the editing where it's shot to look like one take, that is Roger Deakins and his team having complete control of the situation. The fact that this is basically an action movie in it has moments of quietness and intensity and the lighting is always perfect and they're sometimes running and sometimes being shot at and explosions and all these sort of things just goes to show what a great cameraman that Roger Deakins is and I think he has a good chance of winning again which is crazy that this would have been his first win if it wasn't for Blade Runner 2049 so all hail Roger Deakins up next is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. This is a bit of a head-scratcher for me because there isn't really a ton of makeup and hairstyling in this movie. Um, there's only a few characters, really, and you don't really see their hair for most of the time because they're usually wearing helmets. And as far as makeup goes, I don't really consider being covered with dirt and soot and every once in a while a little bit of blood and things like that to be real original makeup. It is quite disappointing for me that a movie like Rocketman didn't get this nomination because it has terrific hair and makeup. And so I, I really don't know why it's here, and I don't think it's going to win. I think it has much stronger competition elsewhere. Um, I think this is a, a bit of a victim of the fact that the hair and makeup category went from three nominees per year to five this year. And I think this is one that sort of just got in and got in because it's got broad support as everyone really likes this movie. Up next is Best Score. This is a score that I really enjoyed, and it's, you know, quiet when it needs to be. It's in your face when it needs to be as well, but it never really takes away from the movie. Unfortunately, I think it's a little uh, too subdued at certain points. I really do enjoy it, and I think it could win. If it does end up winning both picture and director and cinematography, it may also win best score. It really sort of depends on what people are thinking of Joker at the end of the day, which I believe is the real front runner for this category. But you know what? They they could sneak in there. I, I would just consider it more of a dark horse at this point where everything would really have to go right for 1917 and maybe win some of the other categories that I'm not expecting them to uh, for it to be a contender in this category. Up next is best production design. I love the production design on this movie. They reportedly dug up several miles of trenches, which is just fascinating. Uh, and they really recreated World War One as it was back in the day when it was England and Germany fighting trench warfare against each other. They did a fantastic job with that. All those sets are real. And then, of course, they do the no man's land with all the barbed wire and, and dead bodies and explosions and, and all this sort of stuff. They did such a great job with that. I would love to see it win. Unfortunately, I feel like it's a maybe a bit of a dark horse for this. It's sort of tough to say which movie is the one that is most likely to win it. I would say 
maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, maybe Parasite. It's it's a bit tough to tell at this point. I, I think, frankly, that there there may be no real front runner at this point, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where they end up going for that. Up next, I'm going to combine them, best sound editing and best sound mixing. The Academy definitely are suckers for um, war movies, so it wouldn't surprise me if they end up giving both of these awards to 1917. It's got some very tough competition from Ford versus Ferrari, which I'll talk about later, but those two are probably the front runners for these because you've got in sound editing Star Wars Rise of Skywalker and in sound mixing Ad Astra and the fact that they don't have nominations in both categories you could basically assume that they are out of there for both um, and then you also have Once Upon a Time and Hollywood and Joker as the other nominees that are in both categories and I don't think that they really have enough distinct sound editing and mixing to warrant a win in these categories and then lastly we have Best Visual Effects I think most of the visual effects in this are practical, which they usually tend to go for more computer-generated effects. Um, I know that the explosions and things like that really did happen. They're obviously enhanced, and the fire is real. Obviously, it was probably enhanced. A few other different scenes like that, but it doesn't stick out enough as a real visual effects-heavy movie compared to some of the other ones in this category with Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I, I think... The Irishman is probably the most likely to win it, um, but I also wouldn't count out maybe Avengers Endgame as coming in to, to steal that one away. So it'll be interesting. But all in all, I would put 1917 down to probably win four or five awards with maybe two more as Dark Horses. 1917 will probably walk away with the most wins overall, even if they don't end up winning Best Picture. Because it seems like lately there have been the awards have been more spread out than they have been in past years, where you'll have a whole bunch of movies winning two or three, one winning four or five, and that's about it. Next movie I'm going to talk about is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My hands are registered as lethal weapons. We get into a fight, I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Like you. This movie has 10 nominations, just like 1917 and The Irishman, and one behind Joker. And they include Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Leonardo DiCaprio, Best Supporting Actor for Brad Pitt, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Production Design, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. Now, I talked about during 1917 that there were two movies that really stood a chance of being the front runners for this and one of them was 1917 and I believe the other one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think this is probably Quentin Tarantino's um, 
most welcoming film. It's for the most part not very graphic or heavy on the language compared to some of his other things. Although the ending, it really goes hard into it. Uh, But for the most part, this is probably his most accessible movie yet. I think that based on that, based on the people in it, based on the story that they're telling, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood, that this is where Quentin Tarantino probably stands the best chance of winning Best Picture. So you've got the two maybe biggest contenders with 1917 and one more that I'll talk about later but those are the those are the three big ones with I think 17 and Hollywood being the main contenders and then next up we've got best director much like I was talking about 1917 I think one of these awards are going to go to 17 and the other one going to Hollywood in my opinion I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably going to win best picture with Sam Mendes winning best director but I could see it vice versa where they finally honor Quentin Tarantino with a directing Oscar. He has been nominated um twice before I believe this with um with Django Unchained and uh and Pulp Fiction but he's never won it and I would love Quentin Tarantino to finally win a best director Oscar he is one of my all-time favorites and it would be really cool to see so I would put this as a very high likely that it could win much like 1917 I could see Hollywood sort of sweeping a lot of the major awards and and those two being chief among them next up we've got best actor for Leonardo DiCaprio This is interesting. Leo has not made a movie since The Revenant when he won a Best Actor, finally, after many years and many nominations and a lot of people sort of calling for it. Um, If he had not won for The Revenant, I could easily see how he is the the front runner for this. But unfortunately, uh, Joaquin Phoenix has basically won every single award leading up to the Oscars. And it really is his to lose, where I think it would be some sort of crazy, unforeseen miracle for Leo to come up and, and beat Joaquin at the end of the day. But if that were to happen, I think Leo is probably the safest bet Uh, to be up there and steal the award away from him. But moving on to his co-star and Best Supporting Actor, we have Brad Pitt, who has basically won every single award leading up to it, much like Joaquin Phoenix has for the Best Actor category. And so it basically is all but confirmed that Brad Pitt is going to win the Best Supporting Actor Oscar, and this would be his first win as an actor. And it would be great to see. He does a fantastic job with this part. He's got a little bit of menace in him, a little bit of anger and violence, but he also has this different side of him that really shines through, and you see why someone like uh, Leo's character is so interested and attached to him. Brad does a great job, and I am really excited that he's probably going to win this. I would consider him the top contender for this award. Next up, we have Best Original Screenplay, Quentin Tarantino's second nomination uh for this year um other than the fact that he's also nominated for best picture as a producer so technically he has three nominations this year he has won twice before including pulp fiction and for django unchained and it looks like he's probably going to win his third uh screenplay oscar which is fantastic because he really is one of the the most creative people working in Hollywood today, maybe even ever in my opinion. This is a movie that really hit home for me and 
part in so much has to do with his dialogue, which Quentin Tarantino is famous for. So it's it's no surprise, really, that Tarantino is probably going to walk away with this award. He's got a little bit of, of tough competition, mostly from Marriage Story and Parasite, I would probably say. But it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think he's going to win this. Up next, we have Best Cinematography. I really think that 1917 is going to be the one to beat, and there's probably no one really else in that stratosphere, but if 1917 falters, I could see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming in and winning that from it. I don't really know if there really is any other competition besides 1917, because The Lighthouse is, is too small, Joker probably not, and The Irishman, I think, doesn't have enough support despite all its nominations to, to really win it. So I would consider Hollywood being the dark horse of this category. Up next is costume design. This is a bit of an interesting year for costumes. I'm not super sold on all of them. I don't think The Irishman will win. Uh... You know, maybe Jojo Rabbit has a bit of a chance. It looks like it's Little Women's to lose. Um, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably a bit of a long shot for this category, and I wouldn't really place a lot of money on it to win. The Academy, for the most part, loves their period pieces. They love their elegant dresses and long, flowy, textured materials, and they don't really have this in this movie. You know, you got some really cool leather jackets on the guys and, and things like that and some interesting suits going on, and Margot Robbie's character has some good dresses, but like, it doesn't really separate from the pack as being a, a typical Oscar winner for Best Costume Design. Up next is Best Production Design, and this is for the sets. This has some really interesting things because they literally are sets in quite a few of the scenes, and it's really interesting to see this play out in that way. You know, you've got the Western TV show set that Leo's character is on that, you know, you get to see the fake town that they've built and all this sort of stuff, so it's really interesting. And then, of course, you've got, like, these Hollywood Hills mansions where they do a really good job decorating them and making them feel real lived in. And, of course, Brad Pitt lives in a trailer behind a a drive-in movie theater and so he's got a lot of interesting characters to that as well really overall i'm quite impressed with this production design unfortunately i i think that it's not going to be the the real front runner for this i'm much like i talked about in 1917 i don't know which one is um so this is probably going to be the hardest category to predict maybe it's 1917 maybe it's once upon a time in hollywood maybe it's parasite I don't know. Uh, so this one, I think you're going to have to make your own educated guess on which set you like the best. Lastly is best sound editing and best sound mixing. Much like I talked about in 1917, it really helps that they're nominated in both categories for this because they're usually tied together. There have been times where the winners have gone to different movies, but it's a bit of a safer bet to assume that they are going to go together. 1917 is clearly the front runner in this with Ford versus Ferrari right up there with it. I don't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really stands a chance to win this. Which, after all of that, leaves us with a likelihood of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood winning three Oscars, maybe four, with a couple more as dark horses, but real dark horses. I wouldn't be surprised if 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood gets a couple of the major awards, and that is it that it does, maybe only two even. Um, But yeah, this is going to be a major player throughout the night, and many interesting things could happen. Up next, we're going to talk about Marriage Story. What I love about Charlie. He loves being a dad. It's almost annoying how much he likes it. A little too He cries easily in movies. I cried four times. Me too. He's very competitive. What's this? Who owns Baltic Avenue? He's very clear about what he wants. He's a great dresser. He never looks embarrassing, which is hard for a man. He takes all of my moods steadily. He doesn't make me feel bad about them. He rarely gets defeated, which I feel like I always do. This movie has six nominations, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Adam Driver, Best Actress for Scarlett Johansson, Best Supporting Actress for Laura Dern, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Score. So this is an interesting one. When the movie came out and it was playing at festivals and it was first released, it was super hyped up as being the movie to beat. And then a lot of it just sort of faded. I don't know exactly what happened with that, but it went from a possible front runner for Best Picture to basically just happy to be there. I think the fact that Noah Baumbach did not get a Best Director nomination was basically the nail in the coffin that this movie is not going to be a real contender for Best Picture. So unfortunately, it is just happy to be there and Netflix can claim that they've got yet another Best Picture nominee amongst their collection that they helped produce and distribute. Up next, we've got Best Actor for Adam Driver. Both him and Scarlett Johansson are given almost equal screen time uh, and both put on really great, interesting performances. And I think if it was maybe a different year, we'd be looking at a uh, sweep for them. But it seems like as time has gone on that neither of them were winning any of the precursor awards. They were basically losing out to Joaquin Phoenix and... um, and losing to Renee Zellweger, that it's basically all been decided that neither Adam Driver nor Scarlett Johansson will win this year for the lead categories. I talked about Scarlett Johansson potentially being a dark horse for Jojo Rabbit for supporting actress. And I think if for some reason neither of those two front runners in uh, Phoenix and uh, Zellweger win, these two are probably the most likely to step up and steal away the win, Adam Driver being neck and neck with Leonardo DiCaprio. Up next, we have Best Supporting Actress for Laura Dern. This was one that basically as soon as the movie came out, it was pinpointed as a great supporting performance. She plays one of she plays the divorce lawyer for Scarlett Johansson's character, and she's got teeth, and she really sinks her them into her character and it's really interesting what she does where she's this ruthless lawyer but she also has this compassionate side as well and she does a great job she's funny she's scary she's serious she's sympathetic everything that you sort of want from a well-rounded supporting character and we get to really see someone of who they truly are and and laura dern does such a good job of expanding that so she is definitely the front runner she has one 
almost every award leading up to the Oscars, and it looks like the Oscars will be no different. If she has any competition, it will be from her co-star Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit. Other than that, I don't think anyone else really stands a shot. This is probably the most let's lock it in money categories that you have, though. Up next is Best Original Screenplay. Uh, This is going up against a behemoth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and this is probably the closest competition for it, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to win. It's a dark horse, but it's probably the darkest of dark horses. Um, It would be interesting to see if it does win. If it does win that, maybe it stands a chance for Best Picture, but on the other hand, the screenplay categories will sometimes go to films that they basically say this is the runner-up for Best Picture, so maybe that's what happens for Marriage Story. Lastly is Best Score. The score doesn't really play a huge part in this movie, more so songs that get played, including a couple songs that get sung in the film, which is not the score. So because of that, I don't think Marriage Story has a chance to win this category. It's basically just happy to be there, and it makes it look good for Marriage Story that it got six nominations. So basically, at the end of the day, Marriage Story, we can write down for sure, for sure that they are going to win one award, and then everything else is basically a long shot. I think that they're only going to walk away with the one award. The next Best Picture contender we're going to talk about is Parasite. This movie also has six nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best International Feature Film, Best Film Editing, and Best Production Design. I talked about that there were two or three real frontrunners for Best Picture, and Parasite would be the third one along with 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Bong Joon-ho's class satire film that is part drama, part hopeful story, part romance, part thriller, part horror, part psychological thriller, part everything else that's going on in the world, uh, really resonated with a lot of people. And much like Roma did last year is putting these international films, aka non-American, non-English films, heavily in the game and cementing the fact that once again, Hollywood is a not contained to one city, one country, but it is a worldwide affair. Cinema is everywhere. And much like how in the 70s you had people like Ingmar Bergman and Federico Fellini that would routinely be in contention for a lot of the big Oscars or Kurosawa. Bong Joon-ho is proving that you can have a film not in English really resonate with crowds in English-speaking markets. Can this movie win Best Picture? Yes, I would probably put it the third most likely, though, behind the other two, but there definitely is a shot. Much like if it ends up getting split the categories, I think Parasite could win Best Picture and Mendez Best Director or Bong Joon-ho can win Best Director, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood can win Best Picture, and so forth. They've basically broken it down to two awards being given out for Best Picture at the end of the day. 
and Best Director, as I was just talking about, for Bong Joon-ho. It's basically a three-person race between Mendez and Tarantino and Joon-ho. So it's going to be really interesting how this all shakes out. Those two categories are announced last, so there isn't really a ton of precursors because the ones that we expect 1917 to win, the technical categories, and the ones that we expect for Hollywood to win, the more creative categories, aren't really going to give us an idea ahead of time of who is going to win for Best Picture and Best Director, and so it's going to come down right to the wire as far as this goes. If I were to put money, though... On this, I probably wouldn't pick Parasite to win either category, but if you want to go risky and go bold with your Oscar pool, I would definitely consider making a choice of either Best Picture or Best Director as a winner for you. Up next is Best Original Screenplay. This is probably the most original screenplay in the group, and it would be really interesting to see if it wins. I don't I wonder if the language barrier will keep maybe some voters from voting for it, but it would be really interesting to see this one come away. I would call this a bit of a dark horse where Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the front runner for it, with Marriage Story and Parasite being the next most likely to come in if Tarantino doesn't end up winning screenplay. Up next, we have Best International Film, formerly known as Best Foreign Language Film, that was just renamed this year. And anytime you have a category like this where a movie has nominations in multiple categories, they're basically assured that they're going to win their main one, which for this is Best International Film. You can look at this as Parasite might win this, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might win Best Director, and 1917 win Best Picture, and that's sort of the three films basically being crowned the best of the year. Uh, But you can lock it up now along with Laura Dern of Parasite being the most likely movie to win Best International Film. It'd go up there with Honeyland, which is nominated for both International Film and Documentary, it's probably going to win Best Documentary. Up next, we have Best Film Editing, where this is sort of the key one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917 don't have an editing nomination, which in the past has severely hurt a film's chances for winning Best Picture, and the fact that Parasite has Best Editing to go along with the Best Picture and Director really helps it Uh, cement its status as being a true contender. I think that's what's really keeping it in the mix there. I'm thinking that it is probably a bit of a long shot. uh, I'm sorry, a dark horse, because I think they're probably going to give editing to The Irishman, even though I don't agree with it. Um, I think Parasite, the fact that it keeps you on your toes the entire time about what type of movie it is, should be a better winner. Um... But at this point, I don't know for sure if it's going to win that. And then lastly is Best Production Design. This movie mostly takes place in two houses. You've got the rich family and you've got the poor family. And the fact that so much detail goes into showing how their lives are so different and yet they'll go through the same sort of tasks uh, really is a is a testament to the great production design. The expensive, rich, fancy house that they shoot most of the movie in is spectacular. There's tons of great character moments to it and the way that you also have, I don't want to say too much about it, what happens in the basement. They do a really good job with that where it mirrors the poor family's house a little bit. 
They do a really good job. Um, but as I've talked about with uh, both Hollywood and 1917, I'm not too sure what the front runner is for this category. It's probably one of the three of them, but I just don't have the capability to deem one of them the real front runner. So I'm calling all three of them the Dark Horse candidates. So there you have it for that. It is very likely it is going to win one Oscar for sure with a potential to win anywhere from one to five others depending on how things go for the night parasite could could go one for six or it can go six for six i can see both of them being a possibility with parasite being up there with 1917 as the likely biggest winner of the night so it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out between those three movies um i think all night, none of them is going to be a real precursor because we know who is going to win for what, and they're all very separate categories. The only time it really comes down to it is uh, is original screenplay and then picture and director. Those are going to be the real keys to see how they do and who comes out the big winner of the night. The last movie we're going to talk about is Ford versus Ferrari. How long have we known each other, Ken? I ever break a promise to you? I will put you in the driver's seat at Le Mans. If you just shut your mouth and let me do my thing. All right. Come here. Morning, Shelby. Morning, Molly. Up yours. I'll go to hell. That's it, folks. Ferrari wins the 24 Hours of Le Mans for the fifth consecutive year. This film has four nominations, including Best Picture, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. Every year, there are between likely eight and nine movies nominated for Best Picture. It can go up to ten, but they've only had ten nominations in the category once, and that was when they first expanded to ten, and it was they were doing ten uh, it wasn't the way they do it now where it's the preferential voting system where you need to meet a threshold. I feel that Ford versus Ferrari was the ninth movie nominated in this category, and it really is the epitome of just happy to be there. I don't see a chance where it can win this category at all and frankly it's a bit surprising that it's even here it's a perfectly fine and fun movie but it's not what you want a best picture nominee to be at the end of the day up next is best film editing and uh watching this with stephanie it was quite funny as we we were going to play a game of how many times did they cut between uh, a shot of christian bale gear shifting and a shot of his face after and within like a 30 second span i think we counted it four or five times before we just started laughing too much and and gave up this movie editing is basically paint by numbers as far as you'd expect from a racing film uh the pace is great though but really it doesn't do anything interesting and this is a just happy to be there And then lastly, we've got best sound editing and sound mixing. And as always, I'm going to combine them. The fact that they have both is good for them. I think the biggest competition is 1917, but the Academy loves movies where there's a ton of sound effects and war movies and racing movies, cars, things like that. 
they love. So if 1917 ends up faltering big on the night of the Oscars and not sweeping up a bunch of technical awards, I can definitely see Ford versus Ferrari winning one or both of these. It wouldn't surprise me, but I would consider them a bit of a dark horse for that. It's really going to come down to 1917 or Ford versus Ferrari. So there you have it. Those are the last five Best Picture nominated films and the chances that they have to win each of their categories. Now make sure you listen to both episodes and it should really help you with your Oscar pools or any other bets that you have going on for who's going to win each award. Now make sure you stay tuned for next week where we will have our Oscar predictions episode come out in time and that will sort of nail down whatever one because you know I said there's three movies that can win best picture I'll have a final choice by that point at this point I'm still a little bit up in the air. Once again, this show is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Thank you to Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and Stephanie Pryor for the graphic. I hope you enjoy listening to this show. If you do, I would love it if you rate it and reviewed it, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcast from. We are on all the major platforms. Send me an email, contrazoompod at gmail.com, and let me know what you think. Who's going to win each of the nominees? If you uh, if you send me a message, I will read it on air. And make sure you follow along on all the different social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ContraZoomPod for all three of them, so it's super easy to follow along where you'll get all of the latest episodes right away. And thank you for listening. It's been a real pleasure, and I hope you enjoy these two little episodes, and, uh, and have a great one.